0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the second season um, of the podcast, which we are now calling the Student Equip podcast. Um, And if you're wondering why we changed the name, uh, you can go and check out the season two trailer um, wherever you're listening to this. And I kind of explain that. Uh, But today we have Pastor Jeff with us, who is the Highlands Campus pastor, um, but also the associate pastor uh, for Fincastle uh, Baptist Church. So, Pastor Jeff, a lot of people know you're the the Highlands Campus Pastor, but
1: mm-hmm. a lot of
0: people yeah. probably don't know uh, that you're also the Associate Pastor. So maybe just real quick, kind of throwing this uh, at you, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. What uh, well,
1: what one is thing, being a pastor for as long as I've been? It's it's learning to
0: think on your feet
1: very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. Um, what what do you got? What uh,
0: what do you do as Associate Pastor? What is an Associate Pastor?
1: Well. That's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what I am actually doing. A little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, do a lot of everything. I think it's more of um, it has two roles. I think I believe that there's more of kind of like a an overseer kind of a, a administrative kind of role um, where it's kind of you know you're kind of seeing overseeing the other areas of ministry and just seeing. That everything is functioning appropriately and, and at its most efficient in its most efficient way. But then I think it also has another. So so that's kind of the downward focus of uh, the associate pastor. But I think the upward focus of the associate pastor is kind of a um, a sounding board or a um, almost like an accountability for the senior pastor. Um, and I think as as I've kind of grown into this role a little bit, it's been uh, uh, the, my relationship with Pastor Kevin has changed significantly. Um, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Kevin is our senior pastor. He's our preaching pastor. Uh, and so he, he'll throw ideas out at me before he throws it out to the rest of the staff just to kind of, you know, hey, what do you think about this? And can I say this better? You know, and just mm-hmm. give me a chance to kind of help him present, not necessarily present an image, but to, you know, make sure that he's being efficient in his wording and and his, and also I think there's maybe a third area of that is more like a, uh, like a protector. I see myself Mm. as a protector of Pastor Kevin in the sense that a lot of times ministry can get um, overwhelming and we can get focused on things that aren't the most important thing. And if I can help from an outsider's perspective, see Pastor Kevin maybe kind of heading really getting bogged down in one area where he doesn't really need to be I, I try to help him come out of that to focus more on the overall vision of the church that god's called him to lead and direct and i just want to help with that so i, I guess in a nutshell that's a, yeah. that's a big nutshell but yeah it's so a little bit not, of everything basically. yeah exactly yeah. a little bit of everything so <laughs> nice
0: uh <laughs> cool so before we we jump into like the 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 deep questions, I guess mm-hmm. just a fun question for you. So you're, oh, you're, a, you're a, you're not tell me about this one. Either, I know I didn't. <laughs> I like to throw this out to That's everyone. Okay. I, I'm, a, I'm
1: ready. Let's
0: go. So a fun question. You're, you're a musician. Yes. Right. So would you rather play for mm. a really large crowd, but play kind of maybe just decent, mediocre, not your best. It's not awful, but not your best <laughs> or pre- play for a smaller crowd, but you just, you nail it. Like it is the best, you've ever played?
1: You know, I really don't care. (laughs) I really don't. I mean, I, I want to, I want to do everything that I do the best that I can do it. Um, but I feel like in that, you know, if I say one way or the other, then I'm (laughs) kind of saying, you know, well, I just want to be seen by people, you know, either way. So um, (laughs) I I would rather play for Jesus. Okay. Yeah. me feel real spiritual. Yeah. There you go. spiritualize (laughs) it. (laughs) No, I. I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I like leading worship. I like being led in worship. So I'm put me on the stage and let me play and sing or put me in the congregation and let me sing. I'm happy either way. Cool. So, I mean, cool. yeah, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I can pick one of those two. <laughs> right.
0: um, so today we're talking about the church. Uh, just, yeah. you know, just a reminder for everyone, like the goal of this podcast is to help equip you guys, the students, uh, to grow in your faith. Um, And so, you know, a lot of us that are, I mean, I'll probably say everyone listening to this goes to church Mm -hmm. um, is at some level part of a church, but it, what the church is can sometimes be confusing. Um, And so I thought it would be good to maybe just talk about some of this. And so the first question is when we say the church, what do we mean? So when we talk about the church, what are we talking about and kind of what my <clears throat> with this is you know kind of the global versus local church?
1: Yeah yeah Well I think yeah and I think there's two two definitions of that. And I think a lot of times when we say the church, people think the church building. Mm. you know they think uh, well I go to Fincastle Baptist Church, Highlands campus and they think of this edifice, this building, you know these brick and mortar yeah and I think that is one definition of church. I don't think that's a biblical definition of church. I mean, it's just a this is just a building. And Pastor Kevin says all the time, the "Church is not a building. The church is people." Yeah, you know. So I think when we think of global versus local church, <clears throat> I think uh, of Romans twelve verse five. It kind of lays out a a definition of. The global church, like, and we we sometimes will call that the universal church. You know, it's just yep. the church with a with a capital C. You know, it's it's not church lowercase C, like an individual localized church. And he says in verse twelve, uh, chapter twelve, verse five, well, oh, verse four to get context. He says, "Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually." members of one another. So I think that kind of presents this idea that every person in the world who believes in Christ, who has accepted Jesus as their personal savior and, and, and has claimed him as their sin bearer um, is part of the church universal, like the global church, I think is yeah. what you said. It. But as far as it relates to a local church, and then I think once you're part of that global church, you're you kind of have a, a biblical responsibility or a biblical mandate to become part of a local church, which is, you know, be where you're at, live there, serve there, and be the hands and feet of Jesus in that community. And I think that's the idea of mm-hmm. the local church. Is it's a smaller gathering of the universal church that that fulfills the great commission, which God tells us to go, you know, in our local context. Um, So maybe that helps answer the question of what do we mean when we say the church?
0: Yeah. Three different definitions there. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's, that's helpful. Um, You know, especially when, because when you're reading, you can kind of, you know, you can see the capital C when yeah. people are talking about the church, but when you just are in conversation, you talk about the church, it's kind of hard. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, so our conversation today, uh, just for you guys listening, is we're going to be focused on the local church is yeah. what we're talking about. So local gatherings of uh, believers. So speaking of the local church, Pastor Jeff, maybe just share with us, a little bit, how does the Bible either define or some ways it talks about the church?
1: That's a good question. I mean, it it's a... Uh, it's almost like, you know, we see in Scripture all kinds of local churches. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much the whole New Testament <laughs> is a collection of letters that were written to local churches. Yeah. You know, and it's it's funny. And we'll probably get into this later on when we talk about what actually makes a church. Because mm-hmm. um, you've got that <laughs> on your list to talk about. Uh, but the people that say, well, you know, well, I want to be, do church like the New Testament church. You know, yeah. i thinking... Yeah. So you want to be poor and and uh, fed to lions, fed to lions and, and martyred for Christ. Is that what you're saying? Because I don't think that's what they yeah. mean. But as we look in scripture, I think we see, uh, I mean, we see Revelation uh, chapter 20, where it talks about people's names being written in the Lamb's book of life. And that kind of is an indication of the universal church. Mm-hmm. But as a local church, I mean, you got to think that, The Great Commission, which is kind of the 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 marching orders, I guess you could say, for the church, is uh, Matthew 28, and it's the last thing that Jesus told his disciples was, Hey, go and make make disciples of all the other of the world. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the it was it was given to individuals, but those individuals would eventually make up the local church. And we see those individuals gathering together. And Jesus says, go into Jerusalem and wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. And so Acts chapter 2, there's a hundred so people in the upper room waiting. That's the beginning of the local church. And then we see these people spreading out all across the known world at the time. In fact, when Peter stands up to preach, it's really cool if you think about that in Acts chapter two, when Peter stands up to preach, the last thing that he had heard from Jesus was go into all the world and make disciples, right? And so <laughs> this is the Passover celebration in in Jerusalem. So people from all over the Roman empire, all over the known world were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate this. And they all spoke different languages. Peter stands up to preach and it's, it's kind of like a, a mini partial fulfillment of the great commission because everybody from the world heard Peter (laughs) preaching. And then those people believed it says 3000 people were added to the church that day, the universal church. Mm -hmm. And then they went out to their own place of worship, their own place where they live. And they started discipling people carrying out that great commission. And within a hundred years, we see, you know, a church from a hundred to millions and that's unheard of that kind of growth and they're all divided into small localities where they're they're serving jesus they're living life with other people and they're exemplifying the great commission of christ i mean i think that that kind (laughs) of there's there's clear precedent in scripture for local church Mm -hmm. and we see it all over the place
0: yeah no, it's good you know the lots of passages that mention you know the the local church what it mm-hmm. um what it does what it's supposed to look like you know and i think if you read through acts you see a lot of that because that's yeah. really the the beginning of the global church but also like you're right. saying the the local church um so and, and
1: you see you see the beginning of the local church in in passages like in colossians mm-hmm. uh, four where paul is speaking to um he says, uh, give in verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea, there's a local church, yeah. and to Nympha and the church in her home. So there's another local church. Um, you know, and it's all over the place, Philemon. Paul talks about um, that's before Colossians, right. <laughs> Peters.
0: No, it's after. Uh, yeah, I was like, wait a second. No. I have to go through the song <laughs> in my head. I, <laughs> yeah. so and like, I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to, have to do that. So I do the, for Paul's letters, the uh, God eats peanut butter cookies.
1: I've never heard that. No? Before. Yeah. Galatians I believe Ephesians. that he does because yeah. peanut butter cookies are like the They best, are good.
0: But. But yeah, but that's how I organize Paul's Galatians letters. Ephesians. God eats peanut butter cookies. Wow. Yeah, there you go. How
1: about <laughs> that? I never even thought about that. That's great. Uh, but yeah, Philemon uh, chapter one, verse two, he's talking to uh, Philemon, his dear friend and coworker and Aphea, their sister, and he's talking to a church. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you just see it everywhere. And it started small
0: yeah, and it grew huge. Yeah.
1: And now we have them all over the world.
0: Yeah. And so I think, and we'll talk about this kind of towards the end, but just you kind of made the point that there is once we're part of the, the, the universal church, we have that responsibility to yeah. to be a part of the local church. And I think you see that all through the New Testament of there's, you know, in every one of Paul's letters, he it's, it's written to a local church. There's right. this expectation right. that you're a part of that.
1: Although you don't ever you don't ever see like a, a mandate, you know, like Jesus yeah. said, go and make disciples. I mean, that that's irrefutable. You can't say, well, what he meant was, no, Mm -hmm. he said, go and make disciples. And he exemplified what that meant. You don't actually see, you know, Jesus saying, go and join a local church. Mm -hmm. You don't see church membership in such explicit terminology Mm -hmm. in scripture, but you do see the principles there, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. Acts chapter two, and the Lord added to them day by day, those that were being saved. What are they being added to? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the local church, the global church. I mean, yes, all of that. So I see, you see principles of that. Um, Second Corinthians, Paul talks about it as well. Uh, It says that in Second Corinthians 6, he says you've got to be saved before you can be a member of the church. Mm -hmm. So, and then even in uh, uh, First John, I believe, we see, you know, that we're members of one household. Remember, just as Christ, you know, has made us members of, of his household, we're members of the household together so you don't see actual church mm-hmm. membership in scripture yeah. if you're going and searching church membership let me see all the verses that relate that say <laughs> yeah. church membership you're not going to find any mm-hmm. but there's a principle there yeah it's just like the bible doesn't say the word trinity
0: mm-hmm. but it's all over but the it's place everywhere.
1: yeah I mean, you see it there's a principle there mm-hmm. so i think that's what paul tells timothy hey study mm-hmm. In, in, to show yourself a, a workman who can understand and divide scripture correctly. And so when you see the principle obviously that's from God because it's inspired by God. So mm-hmm. local church membership is kind of even though those words aren't used in scripture, it's kind of a mandate from God. Yeah. So so yeah. Let's, let's get with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so with that, talking about the the local church what what actually <coughs> makes what makes a gathering of believers a church right why isn't just a a small group or a mm-hmm. ministry that meets weekly considered a local church
1: yeah that's that's a good question because i've heard a lot of people say like i said before you know we just want to do church the way the the new testament mm-hmm. church did it and you know i think about that and what was the new testament church i mean how would you say the new testament church was what would what would you say it was
0: just gathering of believers under some like there was you know i think when you read it there's a clear leader someone was in a leadership role but they were just gathering and you know as i think acts two says right they're gathering they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the breaking of bread and prayer
1: yeah and that had to be a pretty large space right because they had a hundred people or so that were up in that upper room in acts two where they were waiting for the the fulfillment of christ's uh promise to send the holy spirit so, you know, I think when people say we want to do church the way they did it in the New Testament, I understand what they're saying, but mm. I think maybe they don't. I understand what they want to say. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I don't think maybe they've thought that through, because I'll just tell you, the churches and the, the Christians in the New Testament were hated, I mean, they were persecuted beyond belief. I mean, we see throughout the New Testament. If you're you're study history, you see some of these churches were were alive and existing during the reign of Nero, and it was the the most brutal, uh, uh reign in the Roman Empire uh, against Christians. I mean, they actively sought out Christians to kill them. In fact, that, that's what Paul did before before well, Saul, he became before one. Yeah. he became <laughs> yeah. Paul. You know, and. So I think, you know, they were poor. They didn't have money. And I think given the opportunity, though, I think Peter would have said, yeah, let's build a building. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, we see that, you know, uh, Acts chapter 2 describes that large gathering of of Christians, you know, they they gathered there. But the earliest, like I I looked it up, (laughs) there was a, a large house that was remodeled somewhere around 240 A.D., to create this large worship space for a church and you know because most of the homes these people were poor they didn't have space to to meet together as a church so what do we see them doing we see them gathering together a local body of believers gathering together where in in the courtyard of the synagogue or in the public spaces in town you know um so i think it's kind of a i think we're selling the new testament church short when we say oh we just want to do a house church Mm -hmm. okay yeah but the only reason they did that was because they couldn't afford anything else yeah (laughs) you know yeah i think sometimes we we think about that and we think you know i'm going to do a house church and and it's us 12 and no more you know Mm -hmm. and and it really kind of i don't know i think you know i kind of like a small church Mm -hmm. you know our church is growing and we're we've got a couple hundred people here. um, I kind of like that. Uh, But there's other churches that are massive, you know, Fincastle campus has 800 on Sunday morning, you know, that's huge. And um, I think, you know, when people say, well, I like a small church, I agree with them. I do too. But the mandate still is clear that Mm -hmm. we're to go and make disciples and where are those disciples going to go if we can only fit 12 people in our house? Yeah. You know, they need to come alongside other believers. And we do that so that we can encourage one another, so that we can do life together. Um, The building, I think, is valuable. The church building is valuable in the sense that it provides a place where the local church can gather together because that's important. Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, you know, don't forsake that. Yeah. As you see the day coming, you know, as you see the end times you know, don't, don't huddle up in your house and and be by yourself, but be with other believers even more, it says. So, Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's, that's what I think. What makes a church is just a gathering of local believers. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think a house church, I mean, I I know that's a model, you know, a lot of, of, I'm not trying to say that Mm -hmm. that's unbiblical because it is, you see house churches all over the place. But I think, you know, a church building can be important because uh, it can be used as a place to to gather more people and mm-hmm. to be more efficient with the gospel message. Yeah, you know, I think I think if uh, if those New Testament believers had had the opportunity to have you know what we have, I think they would have jumped at it.
0: Yeah, oh, you know? I agree. So then, what other than you know having your own building that you can meet at whenever? What separates just a small group mm-hmm. from a church, mm-hmm. right? Why is this like a group of friends yeah. who meet weekly and study the Bible? Why is that? Why is that not considered a local church?
1: Well, I think you know, uh, you have to have a, a leader. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know there's, you know, somebody will lead the Bible study, mm-hmm. but but I think um, there's places in Scripture where we see the local church is a well defined group. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a larger group. Acts chapter six, you know, is one. And then it it lists in Timothy, it shows a a hierarchy of leadership in uh, in the church. Um, and I don't think you see that in a small group. I mean, you just have a little leader, but you don't have you're not going to have a, a small group that has uh, deacons,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: or trustees, or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them, or elders, you know. And we see that in scripture. You're not going to have people that are, you know nominated to serve tables which is what the original deacons mm-hmm. were i think it's uh um it's important that we separate that distinction small groups are great yeah we need them i think we need more of them because as our churches get bigger i think our churches also need to get smaller mm-hmm. you know and we say that all the time you know the way to maintain friendships in a growing church is to get into a small group it's important we value that but I'm not going to call our connect groups our small groups a church. Yeah. Because we are all the church. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's what separates it. You know, and, and scripture clearly shows a pastor is responsible for his local gathering of believers. And you see that in scripture. We're all part of the local the global church, but one pastor can't be the Pastor for the global church. I mean, I think Christ is the head of the global church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's kind of our Pope. <laughs> I guess you could say. I'm just kidding there. Um, but I mean I, I don't know if that answers your question, but but yeah, i, I that's think funny. that's so, <clears throat> I want to give one you one distinction.
0: And I think that's an important distinction, is that mm-hmm. there's that biblical leadership. So I want to give you from this book I was I was reading a little bit. It's called The Character of the Church by a guy named Joe Thorne and yeah. then a book called rediscover church i'm going to okay. give you five things of what how they describe the church i'm going to give you five things okay. from the character of the church and then rediscover church pretty much says the same thing but puts it in kind of like a flow of thought yeah tell me what you think about it. so i've
1: read i've read rediscover church but i have not read the okay
0: church, i haven't so. read the whole book i'll just okay. just that. Right. i haven't this read the whole good. book Just, just. Yeah. Okay. so they five things um a church is a church is, is a gathering of believers where the word is rightly preached the ordinances are rightly administered the ordinances are baptism and communion
1: right
0: um leadership is biblically formed and functioning discipline is practiced with grace and the mission shared by all so it's kind of five facts or characteristics of the church um and then in rediscover church um That book kind of talks about the same things, but it puts it in this flow of thought. So a church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of Christ's (laughs) heavenly kingdom to proclaim the good news and commands of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens through the ordinances
1: Mm.
0: and to display God's own holiness and love through a unified and and diverse people in all the world following the teaching and example of elders or pastors
1: that's great that's really good definition um who wrote that discovery Um,
0: colin hansen and jonathan lehman yeah so good and i will have i'm gonna put a all the some resources including these two books in the show notes so if you're interested in going and looking at those or you know kind of reading more about the church Mm. those will be there for you to look at
1: yeah I love the way um, Thorne put it in his book, that word is rightly preached. Mm -hmm. Word of God is rightly preached. And we see that in Scripture. There's a clear mandate to the pastor to make sure that you know what you're speaking, what you're preaching, that you know how to divide, Scripture says, the word Mm -hmm. of God. And I think a lot of times we see, and and I can think of, you know, I'm not going to call names, but I can think of two or three groups in our area here in the Allegheny Highlands that that are a quote church mm-hmm. but they're a small group that meets in someone's home the pastor has no theological training whatsoever and they're just they're just there's a lot of false doctrine coming out of these small groups mm-hmm. and, and that's because they've not been trained. They've not been taught how to divide the word of God, and they they pick a verse and they base a theology on one verse. And I'm just gonna, you know, anytime you're superlative, you're probably gonna be wrong, but <laughs> you base a theology on one verse of scripture, I'll almost guarantee you're gonna be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and it it you've gotta study those verses and say, okay, it says this here, but it says this over here, and how how do we reconcile those two? So I think that's true. You've got to rightly preach the word. The ordinances are rightly administered. I like that. Um, one of the things that I, that I, I don't know if you did this or not, but one of the things that really bothers me is when I see communion done in a wedding.
0: Yes, we didn't do it.
1: I don't like that, I didn't, that because that's I a we didn't that's a it. that's an ordinance of the church, yes. and that's exactly I why we see didn't do what it. they're saying. You know, I mean, <sighs> I get the symbolism; I understand yeah. it. But I think if it's if God said this is for the church, then
0: let's leave it for the church. Yeah, that's um, what we did. We did the the unity candle. Yeah, the unity Candle. candle or that was wash my your thing.
1: Feet, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that was um, my yeah. thing with the
0: communion. I was like, that's something to be done in the church right. with the church. Right, everybody, not just hey, watch these two people do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> every time I go to a wedding, and uh, and I know there's probably somebody listening that's going, "Oh, I can't believe Pastor Jeff said that." Well, I did, so <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> um, and and they do the communion every time mm-hmm. we go. I lean over to Jennifer, and she goes, "I know, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know." It's an ordinance of the church. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't go to a back yeah. cause to a. a, a A wedding and see someone get baptized yeah i mean that'd be weird that would be odd yeah you know why because that's an ordinance of the church so i I like that this is a place the local church is a place where the ordinances are are done and they're done rightly in it and it's it's a reminder to us the local church of what christ did yeah and then uh, the leadership. We kind of already talked about mm-hmm. the the passages in Timothy and Titus where it talks about the pastor and the deacons and the overseers and all of that. You got to have a place for that. God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. And we see that in the physical universe, and we see that in the way He ordered ordered the structure of the church. Yeah. So I mean, you got to have a place for that leadership to do their thing, and then. Discipline—that's a big one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to see a small group that's going to exempt, that's going to do church discipline. Yeah, you
0: know, when even you know, I don't—a small group literally doesn't have the ability to exercise church discipline, as Scripture says, Mm -hmm. because you know they can—they can only go, you know, to the point of, you know, if one of you know your brothers is in sin, you go and confront him about it. If he doesn't listen to you, then you go back with it says like two, one or two people, and if he doesn't listen to you, then then it says you bring them in front of the church, right? right. So again, there's yeah. that you know be a part of the church, but like a small group can't do that,
1: right? You right. know they're
0: they're not a church.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's Matthew eighteen that you're yeah. referencing there, and, and it's uh that's important because I think that God has given the pastor a a role of an overseer. And mm-hmm. a a lead discipler you know yeah. and i think if you've just got the one person that's leading your group then you don't really have a church mm-hmm. you ain't got a small group and there's nothing wrong with that yeah that's no great. great
0: do a small group, but
1: i don't think that takes the place
0: of the a church, church. Yeah. And i
1: think, and I think, think a very, lot of people
0: let it take the place yeah of being a part of the local church
1: yeah i, I know um i remember a few years ago I was talking to a lady and she said oh we don't we don't believe in church membership we have a we have a small group of church uh home church i'm like oh okay well tell me what that looks like who's the pastor well we don't really have one everybody just kind of you know comes with a passage and i'm mm-hmm. thinking oh my gosh <laughs> have you read what paul says in first corinthians about how everybody comes with a passage and yeah. how they want to give their little prophecy and their mm-hmm. you know whatever and, and paul has a lot of harsh things to say to the corinthian church that's practicing these kind of things and thinking man we need to read scripture and we need to take scripture at what it says yeah
0: goes back Uh, to that the word rightly preached (laughs) yeah there you go
1: and then the last one is ministry shared by all i think one of the things that i think is is a powerful thing about the local church is that you've got all of the assets and resources and uh gifts and talents and abilities of a larger group of people. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can take that mission, Matthew 28, go and make disciples and, and teach, you know, help people know God, grow in God and live for God. We say that around yeah. here. You can take that mission further because you've got more assets and more things mm-hmm. behind you. And I think given, you know, given the opportunity, I think the first church in Acts chapter two, would have said yeah we'll take a $240,000 budget so we can <laughs> yeah. we can take the message of the gospel to to yeah. the the lost people now having said that i think it's important that the church keeps the priorities right yes it's so easy to become a church that's just inward focused, mm-hmm. and and Jesus calls that church a whitewashed sepulcher, right? Yeah. A whitewashed tomb. You look so good on the outside, and you're doing all this stuff, but it's really just for you. Mm-hmm. It's not for him. And so we've got to keep those priorities right. Yeah,
0: I even think you know, Pastor Kevin said this to us on uh, Monday in, in staff meeting that you know we he said we've as a you know churches we've programmed people to death. Yeah. of our priority in churches has become programs and events, not disciple making, right. you know, and right. not reaching people. And so it goes yeah. back to that, you know, the mission, what, what is our actual purpose? What's our actual mission? I love how in um, Rediscover Church, he said, you know, a unified and diverse people mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. having that shared mission that we're unified in and we're a diverse people of, you know, most churches, especially here, the people who come here apart from Christ, apart from being a part of the same local church, we would probably have nothing to do with each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know, you know? Andrew, I, I, I know we would not be friends. No. Talking, uh, to you <laughs> if, uh, if it wasn't for Jesus,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we'd we probably hate each other. <laughs> I'm uh, just no. kidding. <laughs> uh, but you think about it, that's also like a, a great witness and picture to the world of you have all these people who would either otherwise, you know, very much dislike each other or just not associate with each other that somehow are unified and pursuing the same mission you know and the mission for every local church is the same it's the great commission that you're talking about jesus gave us and then you know each church has their own vision of how they carry that out ours like Mm -hmm. you mentioned is we help people know god grow in god yeah and live for god and we're all unified in that mission Right. Each local church, hopefully, should be unified in, you know, their, the vision that their senior pastor, their lead pastor, has given them to accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You're absolutely right. So talk, we've talked about, you know, the Bible makes it very clear that there's a mandate to be a part of the local church. Mm-hmm. talked about what the local church is, why it's not just a small group, why it's mm-hmm. not just a ministry of the church is not considered a – not considered a church. Um, actually, before we get to the this next one, I mean, I think we've already touched on it. Then, but what then is the role or the purpose of the church?
1: Oh, well, that, a, I mean, be a broad sense, so that to be that's specific. easy. I mean, that's um, and we say here that we get the the role and the purpose of the church from two things the the great commandment which is the um, when the pharisees came to jesus and they said what's the greatest commandment in matthew 22 he said love god and love people Mm -hmm. you know so we get we get from there and then also from the great commission uh which is matthew 28 where he says you know go make disciples baptizing them teaching them to observe everything that i've taught you and i'm with you even to the end of the world so we i think there's a five uh five points Of the mission of the church and and we really sum it up here at fincastle in our purpose statement Mm -hmm. we exist to glorify god first of all everything we do should be to glorify god as a church as individuals as small groups whatever if you're a christian and you're in the (laughs) universal church you should be involved in glorifying god Mm -hmm. with everything you do that includes your social media posts (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know? And I say that a lot because, you know, a lot of us think, Oh yeah, I can be a Christian, go to church on Sunday, but then I can just post whatever in the world I want on, on Facebook or on Instagram and it's okay. You know, but people are looking at you. Yeah. And your social media profile is part of uh part of who you are these days. It didn't used to be, but it mm-hmm. is now. Oh yeah. And so we would need to exist first of all to glorify God. And then that kind of shows up in what we do. So we glorify God and, the, and we exist to glorify God by helping others. You know, when, we, when we're loving people, love God, love people, we're glorifying God, but we're helping people. Micah 6.8 says, you know, to, to do what's important, you know, to walk humbly with God, to, to love justice and love mercy, to help other people. We see it in Scripture all the time. Love God, love people. So our mission statement here says we exist to glorify God by helping others. And then there's three things that we get out of the Great Commission. Know God. It's evangelism. Yeah. I mean, we want people to, to know Jesus as their Savior, to accept what He offers, to be their sin bearer, which we need one of those because we can't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just helping people know God, it says in the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. It's helping them know God and then grow in God. Because once they know God, then they need to start obeying God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's important. I mean, you know, if you if you say that you believe God, or First John says if you say you love God and you don't keep His commandments, then you're a liar. Yeah, Jesus said that in in Matthew. You know, uh, if you say you love me, but you don't do what I'm telling you. The love of God is not in you. You're a liar. <laughs> you know, So your love for God and your belief in God shows up in your obedience to God. We don't obey God to get more of his favor. We have all of God's favor that we will ever receive and we will ever need or we'll ever get. We, he can't give us no more because he has given us all. Yeah. So why do we obey God? Because we love God. We mm-hmm. obey him because we love him. So... We exist to glorify God, that's the first one, by helping others, that's number two. Know God, come to a realization of their sin and accepting Christ as their savior, grow in God, beginning to understand scripture and obey what we see in there. And then the last one is live for God. And that's where I believe, you know, you're not really living for God until you're telling someone else about God. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You can you can glorify God, you can help people. You can, you can know God, you can grow in God, but until you're, you're actually telling other people about that, then you're not really living for God because we want to make disciples. We want yeah. to duplicate and, and replicate mm-hmm. what we do. So there's five points. Glorify God, help others, know God, grow in God, and live for God. Yeah, I
0: think that's a important point of, you know, we help others help others live for God because it can be really intimidating of like oh I just became a Christian Mm -hmm. you know a week ago how am I supposed to tell people about Jesus of like right role of the church is to help equip that person right to do that right I think of um you know one of our students just led one of their friends to the Lord yeah yesterday in in the middle of history class Now, which is it should have been paying attention to the teacher. But you know, no, (laughs) you can you can skip class all you want if you're leading people to the Lord. um (laughs) Pastor Jeff said that not say that, (laughs) Um, but no, but now that that person that that friend who accepted Christ, like today, really could go and tell people about Jesus, right? Right, like she is qualified
1: to go tell people about Jesus. Yeah, I think a lot of times we think of discipleship as You know, you've got to learn all this stuff and then you can start telling people. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we see in scripture. In fact, I think a lot of times our model is backwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we need to have evangelism way further up on the list. I mean, Mm -hmm. once you, uh, the, the woman at the well, right, the Samaritan woman that Jesus, you know, talked to and had a debate with and she believed the very first thing she did was go and get a commentary and start studying scripture so she could learn how to tell other people. That's not right. Yeah. What she did immediately was she went and told everybody, "Hey, come and see this man that told yeah. me everything that I had ever done wrong, and you got to believe in him because he's the Messiah." Yeah. She didn't. She didn't Do know anything. anything. Of,
0: yeah, which I love.
1: But she started telling yeah. people
0: immediately. My favorite part of the story of the student leading uh, their friend to Christ is is so she had you know texted Claire. Yeah, and what I like. She didn't say this, but this is what her text said, essentially. Somewhere it is like, I didn't know everything to say. I just mm-hmm. told her what I knew yeah. and then asked for help after. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. That's awesome. Of yeah. like, you don't have to know everything. What it's like, I just told them what I knew mm-hmm. and then yeah. went and sought help, sought ca- biblical counsel and then went back. Right. And then choose it. And I was like, that is so cool. Also, I'm gonna yeah. Do you hear my chair rolling? Sorry, I'm gonna roll and get a book.
1: Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Um well I was thinking about that. Reading this last night. I tell people all the time, you know. In fact, I think a lot of times the reason we don't and kudos to that that student for for just stepping out because that can be scary. Oh, it's terrifying. You know, and and terrifying. You know, a lot of times people won't share their faith because of this one question they'll say what if they ask me something I don't know the answer to? Mm-hmm. And so that stops them dead in their tracks. I think Satan uses that tool to keep us from making disciples. And I always tell people, hey, take it back to what Jesus has done for you, because you're an expert in that. Yeah, <laughs> You know yeah. you know what God did for you, so just take it back to that. It's mm-hmm. okay to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, let, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. You see that kind of an example. Not that Jesus didn't know the answers, but you see that example in the woman at the well again, the Samaritan woman. Yeah. You know, she she tries to turn this thing into an argument, mm-hmm. and she said, "He says, you know, you should believe in me because I'm the, the living water." And he she says, "Well, but you know, the Jews say we should worship here, and and you, uh, the, we, we believe say we should yeah. worship over here. So which is it?" And Jesus says, "No, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about yeah. the the most important thing, which is your soul. Yeah, and what you need to do with your life. And yeah. and I think you know you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And it's just what Jesus did for you. That's yeah. it. That's all yeah. you're telling people.
0: I love it. So I was starting to. I've read part of this book before. Started rereading it again yesterday. It's Rediscovering Discipleship by Robbie Gallaty. Love it. And he says this, pretty much what we just talked. We said the first step. And learning, so learning how to disciple people, learning how to evangelize. The first step in learning isn't gathering information about models and methods. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't start by changing our actions or what we do. He he first changes our heart.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the first
0: step to evangelizing to being a disciple is just having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's just being with him. Yeah, you know, like you don't you don't have to know all the methods and models. This is like like you're saying. You, you're an expert in what he's done for you, yeah, yeah. so you can go tell him about
1: that. Alistair Begg does <laughs> tells this story uh, about <clears throat> the the thief on the cross. <clears throat> he says, uh, "What must that have been like for that guy? Yeah. He's he's hanging on the cross one minute, he believes in Jesus, and the next minute he's in heaven." You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and they're like, "Well, how did you get here?" He goes, "I don't know." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, uh, did you did you go to church? You no, know, not once in my life. Did you tell anybody about Jesus? No. Did you get baptized? No. Well, how did you get here? And and the only thing that man can say, and Alistair Begg says it this way, and I love it. He says, the man on the middle cross said I could come. Like, God, yeah, that's good. good. You know, oh, so, so good. good. That's what it's about. It's yeah. just. A, it's not about having all the theology and all yeah. of that stuff figured out. It's just, what did Jesus do for you? Yeah. Tell somebody else about it. It's yeah. not hard. Yeah. It's scary. scary get yeah. out because I think the devil wants you to think it's scary. Yes, but really, when you think about it, you're mm-hmm. just one beggar telling another beggar where they can find some bread. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, honestly, <laughs> we can't think too highly of ourselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I love uh, that. So got off on a little bit of and a that kind of that kind of
1: brings us back, you know, to the importance of being involved in a local church. Yeah. Because you can you. There's several reasons. For, I know that's the last question. Yeah, that you have jump so, right into
0: it. Why is it important to Why is it important to be involved in the local I church?
1: You want to set that question. Up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think biblically, we're supposed to. Yeah. You know, and and for several reasons, I think first of all, being involved in a local church provides you accountability. Think like you can surround yourself with people who are like minded, who are growing, and it can help you because you know, you can, you can grow on your own. You can grow fine, mm-hmm. but when you have other people around you who are growing, you're going to grow quicker. Yeah. We say in our class one one uh, I, I love to grill. I love, uh, and I'm old school. I like the charcoal, you know, mm-hmm. give me a gas grill. I want to put the charcoal out there, light it. I just love the way it makes the food taste.
0: So, Charcoal smoke, smells good, Yeah, too, it does so. smell good. And it's a lot of fun to light. I've <laughs> yes. got a little bit of a pyro
1: streak in me. Oh, yeah, just,
0: you know, put the lighter fluid on it, toss the yeah. match, or something there blows out. I love all it. Blood. Yeah, lose it's your great. eyebrows yeah. in a couple days. It's okay. It's great. Love it. They grow back.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you were to take those coals, and, and when, when, you, when you charcoal grill, you put a big pile of coals, and you light them, and they turn red hot. And I can take a pair of tongs and take one of those coals out of that Powell and it's red and it's glowing and it's hot and i can set it off to the side and it's going to stay hot for a little while but eventually it's going to die out because it doesn't have the heat of the rest of the cults and it's the same way with church membership we we need to be involved in a church because everybody else around us we're all heading in the same direction like you said ministry is shared by all we are all com- 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 complicit we're all helping in the great commission of the church so it provides accountability it provides us a place to grow and it provides us a place of ministry yeah uh, scripture tells us that when you're saved you receive two things as as a new believer you receive the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah. you know and it's not like a you know uh, some sort of mystical thing the Holy Spirit indwells you and it provides you power of living and, and conviction for sin and all these things it provides for you understanding of scripture, um, and then you also receive a spiritual gift, and Paul talks about those all the time. The spiritual gift is designed to be used in the context of a local church yeah. body because it's 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 something that that's going to help grow that church. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter ten. I think lays it out there so clearly about why we should be involved in a church and why it's important. He says, I'm just going to read verse 19. Since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, here it is. Let us draw near with a full heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. So we need a, a group of believers around mm-hmm. us. You know, the church is for Christians. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's a place for Christians to, mm-hmm. you know, here's what it says. Let us believers hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. So the church is a, group of believers it's it's not for the unsaved people yeah it's not designed to be a place of evangelism
0: <laughs> no, it's, and i know that's kind of i know it's whoa uh, you know that's kind of, yeah. i'm
1: stepping on toes no, here but yeah
0: it's a place where believers come to be equipped to be sent out exactly to make disciples exactly
1: and then here here's some of the other things that a church a local church why it's important to be involved in a local church let us watch out for one another mm-hmm. And we gotta look out for each other. I mean, you see a brother, Paul talks about it. You see a brother caught in sin, then then you confront that. That's church discipline. Yeah, you know, and we do it out of love, not because we're judgmental. Or how oh, well, mm-hmm. can you judge somebody's sin? Well, we're supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to. <clears throat> Let us watch out for each other. Why? To provoke one another to love and good works. There's the ministry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, not neglecting to gather together. There's your local Sunday worship, you yeah. know, your group, large group, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and doing this even more as we see the day approaching. You know, as it gets harder and mm-hmm. harder to be a Christian, we should get together more and more. Yeah. That's what Scripture tells us. That's why it's important. Mm-hmm. It really, you can bring it down to one word, commitment. Commitment. Are you going to be committed to something? We don't want to be committed to things anymore. Yeah, you know that's why we have we uh, have such a hard time uh, in our church people signing up for things because yeah. they want to wait until the last minute sure, and see yeah. if there's any other option, better option, to, yeah. right? Yeah, they have the the what does Pastor Kevin say the FOMO?
0: Yeah, fear of they missing have out,
1: fear of missing out, right? So they just wait and keep their mm-hmm. options open. But church membership and being involved in the local local church is about commitment. Yeah, as Christ is committed to us we should be committed to him and his local church
0: yeah so two two stories as we start to wrap up one just talking about church discipline i just this is a story of like the benefits of that so i've i've never been in a church or at least maybe if they did it it never got to this point the the person either you know repented uh when they were confronted by one or two believers but the church i went to when i was was in college um there was a a church member who's a believer uh was caught having an affair um and so they you know did the the process of church discipline um and they brought him before the church and he in front of the church repented of it wow was you know said him and his wife were were gonna work through that and stay together um you know, so discipline, I think, has this kind of like connotation of like when you get in trouble, when you get disciplined, it's it's like it's this horrible, awful thing, mm-hmm. which like, you know, sometimes maybe the way you're disciplined isn't the best, like grown up and stuff. But, you know, the Bible tells us that, like, if a father truly loves his kids, he's going to discipline them mm-hmm. because it's out of love. You yeah. know, And the, the result of this church discipline was like this marriage was saved and this guy came to repentance. Mm. It's yeah. so cool. And I love the, the second story is talking about the local church because there's people, you know, we've, we've talked about who is, oh, well, I have my small group. I don't need church. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. the woods are my church. I don't oh, need a church. Yeah. It's just, you know, I got Jesus. Yeah. I don't need a church. <laughs> oh, and I, I love how uh, Trip Lee, who's a, a musician and a, a speaker, says it he gives us an example say he says saying you don't need the local church is like telling your dad you're not coming to family dinner Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when your dad is the one who asked you to who established family dinner who invited you to come to family dinner
1: right
0: and who says the way you can show your love for me is to come to family dinner And you say no i don't need that because i have a personal relationship with my dad yeah and i was like like that was that was good of like when we say we don't need the local church we're saying god i don't i'm rejecting your invitation to be a part of what you established and called me to when you've told me the way i can one of the ways i can show you i love you is by going to church Mm. i'm not going to do that Mm.
1: and it just you know it's something that that if it was a priority for Christ, if it was a priority yeah. enough to put in Scripture, you yeah. know, to to gather together, to obey, to do what He tells us to do, maybe it should be a higher priority for us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I hear people say, "Well, they're not gonna, they're not gonna go to hell." Yeah. You know, for missing the church. Well, and that's true. Maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it depends on the, if they're Going can, to yeah. church doesn't save you. Yeah. It, it's kind of an act of obedience like we've just said you know once you know God you should start obeying what he's telling you to do mm-hmm. in scripture because that's how the world knows that you're a Christian because you're obeying what Christ is saying to do it's not the obedience doesn't make you a Christian the obedience is ex, is is an outflowing of being, being a Christian, Christian. Mm-hmm. so I think it's important and us and I, I love your your story about the church discipline, <laughs> Paul even talks in, in First Corinthians about discipline, disciplining a person in the church who is in blatant sin, and then there's, then he he brings it back. In, I believe in Second Corinthians, maybe in Galatians, where he talks about you know, hey, if if this person has repented, then restore them back, or or yeah. he talks about that. And some people think that that's the same person, mm-hmm. you know. And church discipline is not a judgmental thing. Yeah. It's a we want to help you. We want mm-hmm. to spur you on to good works is what uh, yeah. Hebrews 10 says. It's it's designed to to help. It's it's kind of like uh it, it's it's helping it's almost like conviction. You know, the mm-hmm. like spirit convicts us of sin and and we as a as a church body have a have a mandate to confront sin.
0: Yeah.
1: In our church Now, that's not mean we're going to go out into the world with the sinners and the people who are not. I mean, we're all sinners. But with the people who are unbelievers and say, oh, you're such a bad person because you're acting like an unsafe person. Well, they're unsafe. Yeah, it's like we can't expect unbelievers to to act like believers. Right, exactly. But we can expect believers to act like believers. And I think Jesus makes that clear in Scripture. And we see Mm -hmm. it all over the place. And that's what it's about. The local church is here to help. Yeah. And... You were right when you said that the local church is a place to be equipped. Mm -hmm. It's not my job, it's not your job to go and evangelize. No, as 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 believers believers, it it is. But as a pastors of the church, it's not our job. Our job is to help everybody else. All of you that are listening, everybody in our church to equip them to do the work of the ministry. And you see that in Acts where yeah. the apostles devoted themselves to the teaching and the preaching of the word and everybody else did the work of the ministry yeah, because they were learning and they were growing and they were obeying. Mm-hmm. And it's just so I think we've gotten away from what the local church can be. yeah, And we've kind of... You know, even well, I think, sometimes our best efforts, I think yeah. we've maybe perverted what that is or distorted yeah. it. Maybe I think it.
0: the the American church is instead of being a go and tell them, it's a come and see of oh, a, yeah. just yeah, a totally. hey, you know, your friend, your unsaved friend needs to be saved. Just bring them the church and bring let me tell them. will do the and work. let <laughs> me tell you, tell them the gospel instead of you go tell them the gospel. Yeah, and along with that, hey, if you want to know more, come to church with me. Mm-hmm you know, of the church is designed for believers, but like unbelievers, obviously we're not going to turn them away. Like they're going to hear the gospel. Right. Um, But that first gospel conversation (laughs) should be from the people who know them. Yeah. And it goes
1: right back to the very beginning of our discussion that, you know, evangelism and the great commission, which is the foundational basis for the church was given to individuals Mm -hmm. and those individuals make up the church, but it was given to individuals. So you and I and everybody else has a a mandate from God to tell other people about it, to mm-hmm. t- help them come to know God, grow God into for God.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of when, uh, a while ago when, when I got to preach here, I think it was, it was on Ephesians 2. Yeah. I'm talking about the the church and stuff. It's one of the, as I was reading that, one of the kind of the things that just jumped out at me and um I think I put it in the sermon notes. I don't know if I did, but it was that the church church should not be is not a place of passivity. It's a place of resupply. Yes, of it's yeah. not a place where we should just come and sit and do nothing. But it's where after a week of fighting, a week of mm. evangelism and proclaiming the gospel, we're beat down because yeah. Satan's fighting against us. That we can come back and we can be encouraged. We can be helped. Right? And we are mm. resupplied, built back up again to go back into the battlefield the next day.
1: And that's why, you know, and I'm going to say this, and and it's going to sound really harsh, but I'm going to say it, and then we can clear (laughs) it in a minute. Um, That's why I think you can tell a lot about a person and their belief in Christ, whether they are a true believer or not, about their attitude uh, as it relates to their attitude with church. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, if you're not a believer, going to church on Sunday is a really bad habit. I mean, it's a really (laughs) bad thing, you know, because you got to get up early. You got to fight with the kids. You got to get in the car. You got to find a parking spot. You got to find a place to sit if you come to our church because it's very full. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, there's just a lot. If you're not a believer, I understand why you're not coming to church. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But what I think what we see a lot of times is people who say they're believers and they say, yeah, I'm committed to Christ and want to put him first in my life. Unless I'm tired. or unless I stayed out too late on Saturday night or unless there's a ball game on that I don't want to miss or unless there's a sports practice. I mean, come on. Are we, are we really committed or are we not? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's stop sitting on the fence and let's, let's dig in and go all in with Jesus or let's don't
0: Yeah. (laughs) stop playing the field. Yeah. Not, you know, not being a part of the local church is like, you know, kind of using that same, that, that battle language is like going into a firefight by yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: with no help. Yeah. No ammunition. Yeah. You know? And, you and need, God has given
1: us the shield, right? This mm-hmm. shield of the local church. And why would we not use that?
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, the Bible, especially in that, in the acts too, like the Christian faith is meant to be done in community. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus had a community. He had the, the yeah. 12 disciples. Acts yeah. two, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the, the, the apostles teaching. And that they met in homes. Said, right there's this all throughout the New Testament. This community element yeah. to being a, a believer. Yeah. Like there's no category in the New Testament. The apostles would have no category for someone who says they're a believer and not a part of the church. Right. I think they'd probably make the rash assumption that oh, you're not that part of a the church, then you're not. not then you're not a believer. But yeah. if you're a believer, you'd be a part of the church.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna prioritize that. You're gonna be committed to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So totally. Well, as we wrap up any, any last minute, just kind of thoughts on the church, anything Any parting wisdom. The
1: only thing that I I think that we haven't discussed is that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Yeah. And, you know, I always say people, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But that shouldn't keep you from church. Mm -hmm. That's like saying, I'm never going to work out again because there's fat people. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, yes. there are. Or I'm never mm-hmm. going to go to the gym because people are still fat. Well, we're all growing, you know, yeah.
0: we're all learning things about ourselves. Yeah. I, love, I, I heard this earlier really talking exactly about this is somebody said, you go to McDonald's, right? And they mess up your order. You'll go back the next day and get food again. But you go to church and you're, you know, you're offended or you're hurt by somebody and you stop going forever. Yes. And it's like. Well, yeah, we're we're a bunch of sinful people. We're not perfect. I love the phrase. Like, yeah. I I don't know who actually like said it first, but tons of people said like, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll, you'll mess it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, because <laughs> there are no perfect churches, right? <laughs> right we're all messed right. up. We're sinful people. Yeah. You know, but like when we're willing, when McDonald's day after day messes up our order, and we still go back, yeah, yeah the we get hurt in the church once, and we yeah are done with it.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say this: if if you are not going to church anymore because somebody in the church hurt you, you put your faith and trust in those people and not, not in Jesus. Jesus. Because Jesus yeah. isn't going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. He may hurt you in, in the sense that he's going to bring things into your life that are going to help you grow and make you a better yeah. Christian and make you more into the image of his son. And that, may is hurt, that may be yeah. painful to deal with some of those things. But if you're hurt by a person and you stop going to church forever because of that, you were never putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You were putting your faith and trust in people, and that is a problem. And I see it all the time. Yeah, I see it all the time. And, and I just, you know, if you're listening today, and, and you're you're one of those people, I'm going to encourage you. Evaluate your heart. I mean, are are you committed to Christ? And if you are, he says you should be involved in a local church. So find one. You know yeah. i tell people all the time church is about having your spiritual needs met mm-hmm. and growing in christ and that can happen maybe at our church at Fincastle. if not it can happen somewhere else there's no lack of churches around here no we're on <laughs> competition we're
0: on the same team
1: <laughs> i mean we are we are so find a place that meets your spiritual needs and dig in and get involved and stop sitting on the fence stop yeah. sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else do this Christian life mm-hmm. and get committed. Yeah. That's all I could say about it. I think that's, that's, that's all I of, need to say. I, and, you I, know, just you step on enough toes. This
0: yeah. <laughs> is as a, as a, you know, a final point of encouragement and clarification of like students, you teenagers, like the church is for you too. Um, if you're a believer, right. You have the same Holy spirit in you that pastor Jeff and I have, you have the same ability to go and make disciples. Right. We shared that story earlier with the student doing that. Right. Like, it's for you too. Like yeah, you yeah. can be a part of that, being equipped and being sent out.
1: Yeah, somebody I know wrote a book. Um, it's called the Now Church or something uh, like who, that. Who was that? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but I think it might be a, a someone on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, um, <laughs> not it, me. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was Pastor Andrew, uh, and I love the book because it says, "Hey, you know, we can't always be saying that the the students and kids are the next generation of the church. No, they're the church now." They can be just as much a part of the church right now as they can be, Mm -hmm. but they will be our future leaders. Yes. And that, that is important that they, first of all, I think they see a home that values church attendance Mm -hmm. because it's important for them to grow because they're going to one day be a pastor Yeah, and they're going to one day be leading a small group or be leading, you know, a student ministry or whatever. And, they need to have that modeled for them. So don't, don't, uh, you know. I said it Sunday a couple weeks ago when I was preaching. I said that the church can't resurrect what the home is killing. Ooh. You know, if the home is not exemplifying this, then your kids, why would they do it? So, parents, get get to church. Get your kids to church. Prioritize it. Make yeah. it a priority in your family. And I promise you won't regret it. Yeah.
0: You won't regret it. That's good. Yeah. I love it. I love. Love it. Love the church. Love being a part of the church. Would encourage you to yeah. to to be a part. So, um, Pastor Jeff, thank you for
1: thanks for having me this for is conversing a, today. This has thank been fun. You.
0: It was. It was fun. <laughs> we have hour and six minutes.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, goodness. It's yeah. Time for Good. lunch. I say it's time for lunch. But yeah.
0: um, so so glad you guys joined us uh, uh, this week. Make sure to you're following the podcast so you can get uh, alerted when there's a new episode, and make sure to check the show notes um, on wherever you're listening for uh, the re- different resources, um, on the church. Uh, so glad you guys were tuned in this for this episode and I will see you guys next time.